at this time, any of those elementary students, um, if you haven't been with us, uh, we have not had our elementary stuff during the summer. So if you're an elementary student or if you have an elementary student, we've got an activity planned for them today. If they want to take part in that, uh, you can check in with John and Christy over at that tent. Feel free to go uh, and do what you need to do. Uh, can everybody hear me okay? I know there's certain spots where it gets a little bit dead. You guys can hear me in the back. Andrew, you guys are good. He's not looking at me. That means he probably can hear me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> He's like, what? Um, cool. Uh, so does it work? Does it work? Anytime we're presented with a new idea, a new option, a new strategy, a new tool, that becomes the pivotal question, whether it's a new diet idea, a new practice drill, a routine, a new gadget to fix that slice, a new dating app. Everybody asks the question, does it worked. We, uh, I had this conversation with Joe this year. He bought something for cooking steak. Uh, I always say it wrong. Souve. Souve or souve? Souve. Souve. Souve, souve, potato, potato. So, so he's telling me about this thing because I love a good steak. My wife and kids were gone a couple days this week, and so I went to Bushes up in Celine and got myself a big fat fillet, uh, cooked myself a steak on the grill because that's how men do it. Uh, and but Joe was telling me about this French thing called a sous vide or souve that cooks it right to temperature. You like put it in a bag, sealed up, and then it cooks it in the water to temperature. Apparently, that's what they do at steakhouses. We'll see. Um, and then you take it out and you sear it or whatever, and it's supposed to be really good. But what was my very first question? Does it work? Never heard of this thing. Is it going to cook my steak the way I want? So, so that is the question. It's a very big question, and it comes with a very big answer because the answer determines if we're going to buy in or not. If you're going to try it, if you're going to invest in it, if you're going to trust in it, if you're going to surrender to it, we want to know if it's worth it. We want to know if it works. So this past winter... We did a series called Your Word, and what we basically said was, hey, over the last year, year and a half, in the midst of the politics, in the midst of COVID and all the crazy stuff going on, we as humans, we as Americans, we as believers submitted our trust to, gave our emotions over to, put our weight on sources of information, sources of truth that didn't deserve it. Some of them may be more trustworthy than others. And so as we came into 2021, we said, we want to get back to the only source of truth that matters, the Bible. And so we, we challenged people to do a 100-day reading plan. We did some weeks on God's Word and some of the chunks that you can take out of that that are really important. Um, but you didn't think we were going to stop with the Bible, right? We got to go to the next thing. Because like Scripture, prayer is one of the foundational elements of our faith. In fact, prayer is probably uh, uh, more than one of. It might be the biggest element of our faith because before there was a written scripture, before the Bible had been put together in a nice leather-bound book, for, for thousands of years, hundreds of years for the Israelites, their faith in God, their, their journey with him existed before the Old Testament was a written word. For three to 400 years after Jesus left, the Christian faith, our pursuit of Christ, existed before the scriptures had been compiled into the thing that we now know as the Bible. And so throughout all of those times, there was prayer. And so prayer is probably the most vital element of our faith, vital to our relationship with him, vital to our growth, vital to our experience as believers, vital in our partnership with God. And it gives us an audience at the throne of the universe, and it opens doors to the miraculous. And so knowing all of that is true, how you doing with that? You doing a lot of praying? 
Now, if you're new to Fieldstone, I want you to know, guilt is not a very common strategy around here, okay? So I don't want you walking away from here feeling like, oh, I'm a horrible person. I haven't been able to answer his question correctly. That's not what we're trying to do because I am right there with you. There have certainly been seasons in my life where I've grown in the area of prayer, where I've had people push me and challenge me and, and pull me in the direction of a healthier prayer life, and yet I'm a long ways away from being prayer warrior. And yet we know that prayer is a huge deal, but it's a struggle, but it's a struggle worth wrestling to because similar to scripture, I think in the last year, year and a half, maybe even beyond, we have run to every resource, we've listened to every voice, we've sought help, we've engaged in conversations except for the only conversation that really matters, the only conversation that can actually do anything, the only one that we can talk to who has the authority to do something and has the power to back up that authority. We've run to every conversation possible except for the one that we really need to run to. And I think it's time to revisit that conversation because it matters more than all the other conversations put together. So we're going to talk about prayer starting today over the next three, four weeks. And um, as with any topical series, prayer or marriage or finances or, or whatever, any, any topical series that we might do around here, it typically starts where I'll sit myself down, I'll hunker down in a coffee shop or the office or whatever, and really just start going back through all the big verses on that topic. And so this time it was prayer. And the idea is, okay, what does it say? Let, let's try to put out uh, the things I've learned since I was five or six. Let's try to put aside traditions that I've been a part. Let's put aside uh, denominational preferences. Let's put aside as much as we can and just go back through the verses. What does the Bible say? What does God say about prayer? That two-way conversation that we engage in with him. And so that's what I did. And there's, there's, and there's, as you read through those verses, what I would typically do is, all right, what, what are some of the themes that we're picking up on here? What, what seems to come up more than other things? What, what are some of the, the, the things that God says? Let's write those down. And, and there's, there's easy ones, right? God wants to hear from you, right? He wants you to pray. God hears you. That's a huge common theme when it comes to prayer. Uh, uh, we should pray without ceasing. Huge theme that comes up when you read these verses about prayer. But there's one that's a hard one. Not hard to see, but maybe hard to accept and maybe hard to say in a sermon like this. And even as I wrote it down on that list of themes that I was seeing in the Bible verses about prayer, it was hard to write down, but I knew that this series needed to start with this particular truth. But it was hard to write down partly because of uh, how I'm feeling in a couple different areas of my life, things that I'm praying about. It was hard to write down because mostly... I know the question that will be asked, the question, the question that I ask, the question that you will ask as soon as you hear this truth. It made it difficult to write down because at the end of this, I'm going to tell you what that question is. and You're going to go, yeah, that's exactly what I'm asking. But this has to be the one that we start with. And so we're going to jump into some verses this morning, and there's a lot of different verses. I'm going to rattle them off uh, rapid fire. So if you're one who likes to keep notes, keep up the best you can. This will be on Facebook later if you need to skim back through it, or if you want, come and get the piece of paper. I'll try not to crinkle this one up. Um, but if you're a note taker, do me a favor and at least get out your pen and paper, get out your phone, because at the end of this talk, there's going to be four or five things that I need you to get down, because uh, I'm going to challenge you with some things at the end of this. So, the, so some of the verses you come across, and this isn't rocket science. You can pull out a concordance. You can go to Google and search for verses on prayer, and all of these will pop up. So let's jump in. 1 John 5, 14 to 15. 
says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. That was 1 John 5, 14. Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Matthew 21, verses 21 to 22. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, he just made a fig tree died at the, at the uh, word of his mouth, but also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Some of you are picking up on the theme. Mark 11, verses 22 to 24. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. John 14, 12 to 14. I like this because right now some of you are picking up on the theme and some of you are already asking the question that everyone asks when we hit today's truth this morning. John 14, 12 to 14. Very truly I tell you, Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Matthew 17, 20. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Last one, James 5, 16. The second half says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So many verses, and I didn't even include all of them, right? We didn't talk about Moses changing God's mind in Numbers 14. That's a really good conversation, by the way. You should go check that out and decide if you agree that's what actually happened. Um, we didn't talk about the sun standing still for Joshua in Joshua chapter 10. The sun stood still. Think about the science behind that. We didn't talk about so many others who were healed or changed or saved or raised from the dead. So many passages, so many verses. Prayer is clearly a big deal. But the most important thing that we need to understand about prayer, and this is the truth that impacts whether we take prayer seriously or not, right? The question about the souvé, the question about the new diet, the question about the new tool, the question about the new tip for, for curing your golf swing, right? All the same thing. Whether we're going to take part in prayer, learn about prayer, grow in our prayer life, engage in prayer, prayer is a big deal. But the first thing we have to land on at the beginning of this series, at the beginning of our prayer life, is this. Prayer works. Prayer works. It matters. It changes things. It changes hearts. It impacts life here in the real world. It reaches heaven and moves God's heart. Guys, I don't understand it all, but I do know that in some way, 
somehow, for some reason, God moves and acts differently based on our prayers. Somehow, on some level, certainly we believe in a sovereign God who has his plan and has his will, but prayer works. If your heart is right, if your motives are right, if, if, we're, if we're balancing needs and wants, if it's based on scriptural truth, I can tell you prayer works. You cannot read through the Bible and walk away with any other notion. It is said so many different times, so many different ways, in so many different contexts, with so much clarity and so much authority straight from Jesus' mouth. If this point of faith is not true, this is how big this is, how many verses there are, how many times this is reiterated. If this truth about prayer isn't true, then the Bible has a lot of problems because it says it too many times, too many ways, to do too many different people. Absolutely no qualifications, full stop, prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer works. So that brings me to the obvious question at the end of that train of thought. The question some of you are asking right now, the question I asked before I was able to write this stupid thing down on a piece of paper in prep for this series, the question many of you have asked at different points in your life, You'd say, yeah, prayer works, but Justin, what about when it doesn't work? Prayer works, what about when it doesn't work? Here's my answer. And I threw this at a friend at breakfast a couple weeks ago. He was super disappointed with the answer because he was hoping I had a good one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Now, it, I, I know that God addresses it, right, when, when he talks about different things, but I, I don't know why you're still being asked to wait. I don't know why they died so young. I don't know why they weren't healed. I don't know why they never chose to follow Jesus. I don't know why God didn't change their heart and heal your relationship. I don't know why you don't have a child. I don't know. I know that God says that he has perfect plans for your life, right? If we were going to just like hit, hit these topics, you can do full sermons on each of these things. I know that he, he talks about how he has this desire to shape you into the image of his son through the, the things that he allows us to experience in life. I know that he talks about how his ways are higher than our ways. He talks about how it's about his will and our need to surrender to it, the, the way he talks about people like Job and Esau and Pharaoh and the way he interacts with, with people like Habakkuk and, and the way he puts us in our place in a chapter like Romans chapter 9 where he's like, you're, you're clay. I'm, I'm the potter. You're just material. I'm, I'm shaping you. I can do what I want. I can push you where I want. I can, I can include what I want or remove what I want. I can, it's, it's a tough chapter to read because it's God kind of saying, no, you're, you're not it. This is me. It's my plan, my world, my way, right? And, and so it's difficult, and God addresses some of these things, but I don't know the answer to that question. What about when prayer doesn't work? But I also know what God does say about prayer, and he says that it works. He says that it works. And I know that I've seen it work. I know I've experienced the joy 
of it working. I know I've heard stories of it working, both here in the real world and reading about it in Scripture, where God shows up in huge ways when his people cry out to him. And so even though I don't have a great answer to that question, I can stand here with 100% confidence and say to you, prayer works. It works. It works. I know you're tired of it, but it works. I know it feels like an endless process, but it works. I know it feels like he's not listening sometimes, but it works. I know it feels like you ask for something in faith and he does the exact opposite, right? But prayer works. It works. It's effective. It's powerful. Prayer works. And over the course of this series, we're going to get into some of the more practical stuff and talk about uh, how God wants us to pray. And we'll hit some of that this morning, but how does God want us to pray? And, and even engaging in the idea of God talking back to us, believe it or not, it is a two-way conversation. And then at the end of this thing, last week of, of August, uh, we're going to do even some guided prayer as part of our Sunday morning. Um, so if you're really looking to be stretched and feel awkward at church, that's a great day to be here, right? Um, but it's going to be good. It's going to be healthy. It's going to be a great conversation. But we can't go further. Can't talk about anything else. Can't talk about the specifics or the practical nature of prayer until we understand and trust in and believe and put our full weight on our conversation with God because it works. It works. So if it works, a couple obvious questions that come from that. When should I pray and what should I pray? And like I said, we're going to hit uh, some, some of these practical things today, but this is in many ways just kind of te- a bit of a teaser for the coming weeks. But when should I pray? And you church people know where this is going. Some additional passages for that. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Second Thessalonians 5.17, pray continually. Some of you grew up in Awana in Sunday school learning pray without ceasing. Same idea. Pray continually. First Chronicles 16.11, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and request. This should be a regular, ongoing thing in our lives without ceasing. We're talking about a life of prayer. And, and this isn't like, this isn't like, you're con- like you can't go to work because you're praying or you can't go have breakfast because you're praying. This is God is that person going through life with you. Imagine spending an entire day with someone. They're walking where you walk. They're going where you go. They're working where you're working. They carpool with you in the morning. And over the course of that day, you have no conversation with them. That'd be weird. Right? That'd be awkward. So praying continue always, every circumstance. It's that constant line of communication between you and God without ceasing. In all circumstances, it's our first response throughout the day and throughout our lives. And these can be extended times of prayer, and these can be what my dad likes to call flare prayers. You just get in the moment, and you're like, oh, man, this is big. I don't know what to do. Flare prayer. God, I need something. I need wisdom. I need you to show up, right? So it can be lots of different things. So we should pray always, without ceasing, continually, always our first response to the things that happen throughout our lives. What should I pray about? Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, 
but the flesh is weak. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Matthew 5, 44. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And then James chapter 5. Is any one of you, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. What do we pray for? When we're in trouble, we pray. When things are going great, we pray. When we're happy, pray. Pray about when you're sad, when you're sick, or when you're healthy. If there's sin in your life that needs to be confessed, pray for daily needs and daily circumstances. Pray about life. Pray about provision. Pray about things that are important to you. Pray for good things and bad things, the high and the low, the things you're thankful for, the things you've been blessed by. Pray for forgiveness. All kinds of anything and everything can be included in this ongoing conversation that we have with God. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually about anything and everything. Why? Because it works. Because it works. Prayer works. So I'm going to close with this. I've got five challenges for you over the course of this month. This is the part you need to write down or type down. I need everybody's phones out. At least fake it for me this morning so I know you're pretending to take these challenges seriously, okay? Some of these are going to be easier for some of you. Some of them are going to be more difficult for some of you. Thank, I see some phones. Beautiful. I like it. Record this on video if you need to and watch it back. Five challenges that I think will stretch you a little bit, push you in a good, healthy direction in your prayer life, and get you started on experiencing some things and seeing how much prayer works. And I want you to do all five of these at least once this month, okay? At least once, okay? Don't do one of them four times and then another one zero. Like, do all of them at least once. This is a challenge. First one is this. Go on a prayer walk through your neighborhood. Go on a prayer walk through your neighborhood. You're like, what's a prayer walk? Come on. Don't overthink this, right? You're walking and you're praying. You're walking through your neighborhood, right? Uh, walk your street, walk your sub. If, you don't, if your neighbor is a mile away, get in your car and drive to a different subdivision or drive your giant Milan Township neighborhood. I don't know. Whatever you got to do, go on a prayer walk. Pray for each of the houses. Pray for the families in those houses, the children in those houses. Pray for their, uh, ask God for their safety. Ask God to bless them. Um, pray for their salvation, if you're not sure if they know the Lord, pray, ask God if anyone in that house needs healing from something difficult, if they need deliverance from something they're struggling through, ask God for that. Um, uh, pray for the jerk neighbor, the, the one that everybody hates. Ask God to either save him or move him, right? Whatever, just walk your neighborhood and pray the things that come to mind as you see some of the different houses and different families. If you pass someone who's walking their dog, pray for that person, pray for their dog. I don't care. Don't overthink it. You're just walking your subdivision and praying for people. It's a prayer walk. Um, you can do this alone. Do it with a friend. Do it with a spouse. 
Um, if it turns into chit-chat about what's for dinner tonight or, or whatever else, if you can't keep from chit-chat, go by yourself because this is not a catch-up-on-life walk. This is a prayer walk. Okay? If you need to, go on a prayer walk, come home, and then go on a chit-chat walk if that's what you need to do with your buddy. Okay? Challenge you to go on a prayer walk at some point this month. Second thing, you guys got that, that one typed in? You got it written in? Okay, make sure you're faking it for me. Beautiful. Second one is this. Begin praying for someone who needs Jesus. Begin praying for someone who needs Jesus. Okay, I was challenged with this. Uh, I mean, time is a blur with the whole COVID year, but at some point in the last year, uh, one of the guys in our, our small group that we get together on Wednesday nights, he said, hey, I heard this on the radio this week and it has really been bugging me. And he said, this guy threw out this challenge and he said, if all of your prayers from the last week were answered with a yes, would anyone get saved? And I was like, ooh, that hurts. Begin praying for someone who needs Jesus. And what we've got, uh, we've got our normal like offering black box over there on the corner of the um, pole barn. If you begin praying for somebody and you've got someone on your heart and you want us to join you in that, there's some scrap paper on the table next to it. Use the pens there. Write that, just write that person's name, even just their first name if you want. We don't have to know everything about them. Throw it in that box and we'll get that to our prayer team. We'll get that to some of our prayer warriors in this church and we'll join with you in praying for those people, okay? So start praying for someone who needs Jesus. Second part of that one. At some point, tell them that you've been praying for them. Now, this doesn't have to be, hey man, I know you're on your way to hell, but I've been praying for you, that you would meet Jesus, uh, just hoping that it happens. That's Stratos. He's good to go. He'll be there. Don't worry about it. Uh, he's on his way to heaven. But, so you don't have to put it like that. It can be as simple as find that time like, hey, you know, just so you know, I've been thinking about you. I've been, I've been praying for you. Hope you're doing okay. Okay, just be as simple as that. So start praying for someone who needs Jesus and at some point, tell them that you've been praying for them. That was number two. Challenge number three. This is where it gets fun. I challenge you to pray out loud with someone. <gasps> That's awkward, isn't it? That's awkward. Pray out loud with someone. It could be your spouse, it could be a friend, whoever, your kids, Pray out loud with someone. That's number three. Challenge number four. Challenge number four. This one requires a little bit of action. I want you to go park in a church parking lot and pray for that church. Fieldstone, cool. Absolutely. If you want to pray for Fieldstone, it doesn't have to be Fieldstone. It could be a church in your neighborhood, church down the street, church you used to go to, church you're thinking about going to, uh, church uh, that your kids go to, church that your grandkids go to. Just wherever. Park in a church parking lot and pray for that church. Okay, one more. So we got go on a prayer walk. Start praying for someone who needs Jesus. Pray out loud with someone. Go pray for a church. I want you to go to their parking lot. I want you to put eyes on it. Fifth one is this. I want you to try a fast Try a fast. Now, I'm going to make it a little easier on you because fasting can go a lot of different directions. There's lots of different ways and purposes and things like that. So, so I'm going to make it really easy. We're going to do a little mini fast. Basically, take something that's on your heart, something you're praying about, something you're worried about, 
something you're anticipating coming up, some area of need, someone who needs Jesus, a situation you're unsure about, maybe you need some wisdom, maybe you need some direction, something you're thankful for and you just want to throw some extra thanks and blessings God's way, whatever, something that's on your heart. And then I want you to skip a meal, two meals if you're super spiritual, 24 hours if you're like Elijah or something, right? Skip a meal, and then let those hunger pains remind you of that thing on your heart. It's just one way of fasting where as you feel that hunger, as you think about the fact that, oh, it's almost lunchtime. Oh, I'm skipping lunch today. That's right. I'm praying about that thing. It's just another physical reminder of a spiritual activity that you're taking part in in that conversation with God. Try that mini fast. Let that hunger pain remind you of that person or that thing or that blessing that you're, you're appreciative of, that need in your life. Those five challenges. I want you to accomplish each of those at least once over the course of the next month. And I'll remind you of it next week and the next week, and I'll look you in the eye and be like, you've been doing it? You do it? You... We'll see how everybody does. It's a big... Brian and Mary are going to come. Sorry, I almost forgot to ask them to come back up and lead us in one more song. It's called The Goodness of God. And that's what I want us to focus on. That's what I want our hearts to settle on in the midst of this discussion on prayer is that it, it does feel like a chore sometimes. It does feel like we're moving in one direction and God's moving in another direction. So it can be very difficult. But if we can just settle on the fact that it works, it doesn't work because of the words that we choose or the place that we're praying or, or the clothes that we're wearing or whether our heads bowed and our eyes are closed or if we're driving down the freeway, it works because we serve and we pray to a good God. And he wants the absolute best for you. And he wants the absolute best path for you and the best results for you. And because of that, we can be confident that prayer works. It works. And I think if we can engage in it, if we can come back to that conversation in the midst of all of the other ridiculous conversations we've chased down over the last year. Did you hear about, did you, hear, did you, did you just see that? Did you see that, what they said this week? They just changed it. They said that one thing two months ago and they just changed it. We need to talk about this. We need to figure this out. Did you see what the superintendent said? Did you see what my boss said? Did you see what we're doing over here? See what happened? We have chased so many conversations over the last year and a half. It's time to chase this conversation. Let's get back to this conversation. Let's pray and let's stand as we, as we pray and sing. God, we, we're just going to put this in your hands, Father. We're going to trust in your word. We, we stand on it. We believe in it. We've built our lives around it. God, we're chasing you down, and we see over and over and over you saying that prayer works. God, I pray that that would just sink down deep into our souls and be embedded in concrete and never be uprooted. God, that belief that you want us to talk to you, you want us to come to you, you want us to cry out to you, you want us to just, you want us to come to you with what we have. And we're gonna trust in the, in the promise that it works, that it matters, that not only do you hear, but you're big enough to do something about it. And that time after time after time after time, you show up and you give us a taste of your goodness. Father, we love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.